In this episode of Flying Smarter, I'm talking about how to avoid getting bumped from your flight. But first, I'm going to look at why airline fares are so cheap in Europe when compared to North America. Welcome to episode 43 of Flying Smarter, the podcast that explores the fascinating world of air travel to help you become a smarter and savvier traveler. This episode roughly marks the three-year anniversary of Flying Smarter, and the one-year anniversary of the resumption of the podcast. Now I want to take a moment to say a big thank you to each and every one of you for listening. I'm always extremely grateful to have you join me for each episode. And a particular shout out and thank you to those of you who've been tuning in since the original run of the podcast from 2020 to early 2021. And for those of you who've discovered the show more recently, thank you for joining me on the journey as well. I have no plans to stop, and I hope that I can continue to deliver interesting and helpful tips and insights to help you in your flying travels. We're also approaching the 50th episode of Flying Smarter, which will be published in December of this year, and I have some exciting things planned, so be sure to tune in for that and to follow Flying Smarter on social media so that you don't miss anything. Links to our accounts can be found in the episode description. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Why are fares in Europe so cheap? I want to start out by putting a bit more context around this question. So if you visit the website of a low-cost carrier in Europe like Ryanair or EasyJet, you'll see fares as low as 10 or 15 euros. Now the euro and the US dollar are roughly on par right now, so that would be about 10 or 15 US dollars. If you look at the prices on US low-cost carriers though, fares tend to start at $20 or $30. Still cheap, but around twice as expensive as the cheapest fares in Europe. Comparing flights of similar distances in Europe versus North America, European fares are generally lower across the board, even with airlines that aren't low-cost carriers. So why is this? For starters, consider the population and geography of Europe. Europe has around twice as many people as the United States and Canada combined, and that leaves and they're living in a much smaller area. Not only does this mean that Europe has a higher density of people than in North America, but it also means that it has a higher density of population centers, cities, towns, and airports. With lots of smaller airports, airlines are able to offer lower fares as landing fees are lower. The relatively close proximity of many airports means that there's competition between these airports, leading to airports offering incentives for airlines to fly there. Given the higher density of people in airports, passengers and airlines are simply more likely to have choices between airports when traveling in Europe than they do in North America, leading to lower prices and more competition. Another aspect is that Europe's regulatory framework is very competition-friendly. In most parts of the world, foreign airlines need special permission or are outright banned from operating domestic flights within another country or flights between two countries that aren't their own. For example, British Airways wouldn't typically be allowed to fly between San Francisco or Chicago or between Mexico City and Dallas. However, things are different in Europe. European Union legislation allows airlines from any EU country to fly within or between other EU countries. For example, Ryanair is a massive low-cost carrier that's based in Ireland. However, it operates a large base at London Stansted Airport, offering flights between the United Kingdom and other third countries in Europe like France and Spain. Similarly, 
EasyJet is a British airline, but it flies from Paris or Lille Airport to domestic destinations in France like Nice and to other international destinations like Naples and Berlin. This type of legislative environment has allowed airlines to expand their networks throughout Europe and lead to a more competitive market. Fuel is a huge cost for airlines, and aviation fuel is subject to taxes in the United States. In the European Union, however, most countries do not tax commercial aviation fuel even though they are allowed to do so, and this lowers costs for airlines. Competition from trains in Europe is also much more prominent than in North America, as both regular and high-speed train service is much more convenient and developed in Europe than it is across the Atlantic and North America. One of the most rewarding things about making flying smarter is the moments where I get to connect with others, whether it's meeting guests, seeing wonderful reviews, or engaging with listeners. So a big thank you to all of those who've either reached out to me or who've left a positive review for the podcast. If you haven't done so already, leaving a nice review for the show is an easy and free way to help me out with growing and improving the podcast. If you enjoy listening to Flying Smarter and have been able to learn from the podcast, please help me out by leaving a 5-star review on your podcast app. It helps grow the audience as well as convince guests that the show is worth their time to come on to share their knowledge and insights with you. If you're listening on a platform that allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Good Pods, I would really appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a positive review for the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Did you know that each JetBlue aircraft has a fun name? The names often involve some sort of pun or wordplay involving the word blue, or in the case of aircraft with JetBlue's business class product, which is called Mint, it involves the word mint. Examples include simple ones like Baby Blue, Blue Yorker, and Bluetopia, as well as longer ones like Keep Blue and Carry On, Blue You Gonna Call, and Pretty Fly for a Blue Guy. Mint-themed names include Catch Mint If You Can, The Royal Treat Mint, and a mint summer night's dream. There are also a few names that don't involve blue or mint, like the one named David Nealman after the airline's founder. JetBlue also has a bunch of different blue-themed tail fins across its fleet, with different aircraft having different ones. The tail fin designs also have different names like mosaic, barcode, and streamers, which reflect their appearance. Now JetBlue recently unveiled a new livery, but also hinted that there will be refreshed versions of its existing patterns coming soon. And of course, we'll share some photos on social media over the next two weeks following the publication of this episode. You're sitting at the gate waiting for your flight when you hear an unwelcome announcement over the PA system. Your airline is looking for volunteers to take a later flight, in exchange for some sort of compensation. A few minutes pass. Maybe you see one or two people approach the counter. And then, another announcement. They're still looking for more volunteers, but they've increased the compensation amount, and they say that they're going to start involuntarily bumping people if they don't get enough people to volunteer. And the same thing again a few minutes later. You know that this isn't good, and it's leading towards a path where someone is going to get bumped, also known as involuntary denied boarding. In today's main segment, I'm going to be talking about involuntary denied boarding, covering why it happens, and how you can avoid getting bumped from your flight. A good place to start is to talk about exactly what we're referring to. 
Sometimes, there are fewer seats available on a plane than there are passengers who have a confirmed reservation and have checked in and are ready to board the plane. The term denied boarding can also refer to cases when someone isn't allowed to board a plane because they arrived late at the gate, they don't have the proper travel documents, or they're too sick or intoxicated, but that's not what we're referring to here. The type of denied boarding that I'm talking about is what is commonly known as bumping, which is when the airlines have to deny boarding involuntarily because there are not enough seats available for all travelers. The most commonly known reason for bumping is overbooking or overselling, which is an issue that I went over in more detail in episode 12. Overbooking is when airlines sell more seats than they actually have on a plane, and it's a practice that understandably frustrates a lot of passengers. The reason this happens comes down to economics and profits. The entire practice of overbooking relies on the fact that some people buy a plane ticket and don't end up taking the flight. If a plane has 150 seats and the airline sells 150 tickets but 10 people don't show up, then the plane takes off with 10 empty seats. For airlines, empty seats are not profitable and so this is a lost revenue opportunity because they could have sold 10 more tickets. Passengers may not show up or might have booked flexible tickets and changed their flights at the last minute, thereby freeing up seats. Airlines perform complex analysis that determine how many passengers are likely to not end up flying on a particular flight, and they use this information to decide how many tickets to sell. What this leads to is sometimes having more passengers show up and ready to fly than there are available seats, leading to an involuntary bumping situation if there aren't enough volunteers. Whether or not this is ethical and whether or not this practice is overall good or bad is a complicated discussion that I don't want to get into at this point since I already delved into it a bit more in episode 12, but my point here is that overbooking can lead to bumping. There are other reasons why an airline may bump passengers though. Sometimes, the aircraft that was originally scheduled to operate your flight may no longer be able to do so. It may have a maintenance issue that prevents it from flying, or may have been pulled to operate another flight for some reason. It's also possible that the plane is stuck at another airport, delayed to the extent that the airline is reassigning its aircraft. In cases like these, the airline may replace your aircraft with a smaller plane, meaning that there are less seats available. There are also cases where a flight will be weight restricted, meaning that the airline can't fill the plane for some reason. It's also possible that the airline has decided that it needs seats on the plane to reposition crew members. This is what led to the infamous incident in 2017 where a passenger was dragged off a United Express flight in Chicago. In that case, the airline wanted to remove passengers from the plane in order to transport a crew who had been delayed so that they could operate a flight the next day. If another flight going to your destination earlier in the day was cancelled, the airline will also have a bunch of passengers trying to get to wherever you're going and they might book them onto your flight leading to people getting bumped. With some frequent flyer programs, Travelers with certain high levels of elite status are also guaranteed economy class reservations, even if the flight is full. For example, Delta Airlines Gold, Platinum, and Diamond Medallion SkyMiles members can get guaranteed full fare economy class reservations on sold out flights if they book at least 24 hours before departure. Similarly, Air Canada Aeroplan 75k and Super Elite status holders are guaranteed a full fare economy class ticket for themselves and a travel companion on sold out flights if they book at least 6 hours prior to departure. These types of guarantees mean that the airline is willing to bump passengers in order to accommodate these high value customers.
While it's impossible to completely prevent yourself from getting bumped from a flight, there are many things that you can do to avoid being bumped, and that's what we're going to look at now. Some airlines bump more passengers than others, and you can do your research to choose an airline where you're less likely to get bumped. There are some airlines out there, like Southwest, Ryanair, and WestJet, who have a policy of not overbooking flights. Because of the reasons that I discussed though, this doesn't mean that you can't be bumped from a Southwest, Ryanair, or WestJet flight. In the United States, the Department of Transportation publishes statistics on denied boardings. The most recent available data at the time of publication of this episode covers January to March of 2023. It shows that in the United States, Delta Airlines, Allegiant Air, and Hawaiian Airlines had zero involuntary denied boardings. Interestingly, Delta had the highest number of voluntary denied boardings, meaning that passengers volunteered to take a different flight. This may be because Delta supervisors can go up as high as $9,950 in compensation when they're seeking volunteers. The metric that's important to look at is involuntary denied boardings per 10,000 passengers, as this accounts for the different sizes of the airline and provides a way to compare how likely you are to be bumped from a flight. Moving down the list, you have United Airlines, JetBlue, and Alaska Airlines, each with under 0.1 passengers bumped per 10,000 passengers. At the very bottom of the list is Frontier Airlines, with 3.73 passengers bumped per 10,000, way below the second last airline, Spirit Airlines, which had 0.45 bumped passengers per 10,000 passengers. These rankings are fairly consistent with the year-end figures for 2022, which have Delta, Allegiant, and Hawaiian at the top of the list, and Frontier at the very bottom. Interestingly, for all of 2022, Southwest was the airline where you were second most likely to get bumped after Frontier, despite having a policy of not overbooking their flights. Now, these statistics are quite interesting and insightful, but even with Frontier's 3.73 involuntary denied boardings per 10,000 passengers, your chances of getting bumped are still fairly small. Across all airlines between January and March of 2023, the rate was 0.2 bumped passengers per 10,000. Another thing that you can do when planning your trip that can lower your chances of getting bumped is picking a higher fare class. There are many factors that people consider when choosing which type of fare to purchase, and the decision making will vary for each person, but this can be something to keep in mind. Airlines are businesses and will unsurprisingly prioritize those who've paid more or are loyal customers. For example, American Airlines states that one of the groups that gets priority when it has to involuntarily deny boarding is those who have paid for first business or premium economy. Meanwhile, if you've purchased a basic economy class ticket and you don't have an assigned seat, you're more likely to get bumped. Now, of course, this probably won't be the single most important factor for you to consider when choosing your fare or your airline, but if you have an important event to make and want to minimize your chances of getting bumped, this is something to consider. On that note, Having a seat assignment will help you if people are getting bumped. On the flip side, not having a seat assignment puts you at a higher risk for bumping because, well, you don't have an assigned seat. Usually, you will have selected a seat in advance or have the opportunity to do so or be assigned one when you check in. Sometimes though, you can check in but your boarding pass will say something like seat assigned at gate or see gate agent instead of a seat number. This can happen for a few different reasons. Sometimes, airlines won't assign you a seat until you get to the gate if you bought the cheapest basic economy class tickets. You might also see something like this on your boarding pass if your flight is oversold and all the seats have already been assigned. 
Sometimes, airlines will also block certain available seats, like extra legroom seats, to try to sell them to passengers and only assign them closer to departure. So not having a seat in assignment doesn't necessarily mean that you're not getting on the flight. In most cases, you'll be fine. But if it's a case where it's something like the flight is oversold, and you're the last person to check in and therefore don't have a seat assignment, you can probably see how you're at a higher risk of getting bumped. And that brings me to my next tip, which is to check in early. For starters, checking in early helps ensure that you get a seat assignment, like I discussed. But some airlines will also prioritize boarding those who checked in earliest. Again, looking at American's conditions of carriage and its list of prioritized groups when it comes to an involuntary denied boarding situation, it explicitly says that passengers who checked in earliest are prioritized. With online check-in available 24 hours before departure in most cases these days, this is an easy one that you'll definitely want to take advantage of. Like I mentioned earlier, airlines unsurprisingly favor their most valuable and loyal customers, and this is often reflected in how they pick people to bump. While it's not always easy to achieve, having elite status in an airline's frequent flyer program can help prevent you from getting bumped. If you take a look at Delta's published priority rules for involuntary denied boarding as an example, it states that SkyMiles members who hold diamond, platinum, or gold medallion status are at the top of the priority list along with those traveling in premium cabins and those holding tickets purchased under a Delta corporate travel agreement. In many cases, airlines publicly outline who is the least likely to get bumped in their contract of carriage. The contract of carriage is essentially the contractual agreement between you and the airline when you book with them. There are also some different names for the document, such as the conditions of carriage or the tariff. Most airlines clearly state that in the case of oversold flights, they will ask for volunteers first. To give you a better idea of what types of things can help you avoid getting bumped, let's take a look at the relevant parts of the contract of carriage for a few major airlines as they read at the time of publication of this episode in August of 2023. American Airlines' conditions of carriage state that in an involuntary denied boarding situation, priority is given to certain customers, including those who have special needs, are traveling as an unaccompanied minor, have advantage elite status, paid for first business or premium economy, and those who checked in earliest. Delta also prioritizes those holding tickets for travel in their premium cabins and SkyMiles members holding diamond, platinum, or gold medallion status. Then comes passengers holding boarding passes before those with confirmed reservations who have not been issued a boarding pass, and then there's further prioritization for those passengers based on if they've already been rebooked and their elite status. Delta also notes that it reserves the right to accommodate special needs passengers without regard to the previously discussed boarding process, and this would include passengers like those with disabilities, unaccompanied minors, seniors, and members of the U.S. Armed Forces on travel orders. United is a bit more vague, stating that after those with special needs, quote, the priority of all other confirmed passengers may be determined based on a passenger's fare class, itinerary, status of frequent flyer membership, whether the passenger purchased the ticket under select UA corporate travel agreements, and the time in which the passenger presents him or herself for check-in without advanced seat assignment, end quote. Southwest has an interesting boarding method that I talked in depth about in episode 31, but the idea is basically that everyone gets a specific boarding position. Its contract of carriage says that it will deny boarding involuntarily in reverse order of boarding positions, meaning that the last passenger who receives a boarding position will be the first to be denied boarding. 
Spirit Airlines similarly states that after those with special needs, those who have checked in last will be denied boarding first if they need to bump passengers. North of the border, Air Canada very clearly lays out a specific priority order for bumping situations. Unaccompanied minors are at the very top of the list for those who won't get bumped, followed by passengers with disabilities and their support person, passengers traveling with family members, passengers previously denied boarding on the same ticket, although they note that you have to disclose that information to the agent, passengers for whom denied boarding would cause severe hardship, those traveling in premium cabins, and then all other passengers based on factors like itinerary, fare paid, loyalty program status, and check-in time. Some airlines are more vague about things. Frontier Airlines, for example, simply states that they will ask for volunteers first and that passengers who cannot be accommodated will be bumped. Singapore Airlines similarly just states in its conditions of carriage that it will ask for volunteers first before it will, quote, deny boarding involuntarily to passengers in accordance with its boarding priority rules, which shall take into account passengers requiring special assistance and passengers with connecting flights, end quote. Other airlines like KLM and Japan Airlines don't cover the matter at all in their contracts of carriage. One last thing to address quickly is what you should do if you do get bumped. This segment today is about avoiding getting bumped, so I won't go into too much detail, but the general idea is to know your rights and what sort of compensation and accommodation you're entitled to. This can vary depending on which airline you're flying on and where your flight is to and from, since the consumer protections vary between jurisdictions. Each airline's contract of carriage will also often have language surrounding what their obligations are to you if they bump you but these obviously can't be more restrictive than the legal requirements. It's worth being generally familiar with the consumer protections available in your country when you fly, but compensation and passenger rights are a whole different complicated topic for another day. And of course, I always encourage people to treat gate agents and other customer service representatives kindly, as what's happening is usually not their fault, and a polite approach will make them more willing to help you. I hope that today's main segment gave you some good tips on how you can avoid getting involuntarily denied boarding, and that by taking a look at some examples of what airlines publish, you got a better idea of how things work. Now keep in mind that in the grand scheme of things, getting bumped is a relatively rare occurrence. And if your flight is oversold, it may actually be a lucrative opportunity if you have the flexibility to take the airline up on their offers. But more often than not, We don't want to miss a day of our vacation, or have an important event to go to, or have to be home for work, and want to make it to our destination on time. And I hope that I gave you some things to keep in mind, and to put into action to help you avoid getting bumped. That brings us to the end of episode 43 of Flying Smarter. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to leave a 5-star review for the show if you're listening on a platform that allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Good Pods. It helps grow the podcast and convince prospective listeners and guests, and I would really appreciate your help. Again, if you've done so already, thank you so much, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Music